Yo, welcome back to the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Here back today with another ad. I'm your Amir with Coast Jordan and a very long awaited episode, very long anticipated. You know, been waiting a while to go ahead and get this one out for you guys. Super excited. We're going to be going ahead and addressing all of the free agent options uh, for the Broncos offensive line and who the front office could definitely, um, you know, approach for a potential long-term contract to finally fix some issues that they've had on the offensive line for a few years now. I'm super excited to get this episode out for you guys to potentially look at some new left tackle options if Garrett Bowles does get moved, um, some new left guard options as Dalton Reisner's Dalton Reisner is expected to move to the free agency, test free agency, then obviously um, center and right tackle as well. Um, as there's some holes there, the Broncos looking to completely revamp and rebuild that offensive line this season with Sean Payton as the new coveted head coach. But with that being said, before we go going to jump into all of our breakdowns of each uh, free agent that we have on our list, um, Jordan, how, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, just getting uh getting a whole bunch of my school where I got Dwayne and stuff like that and I'm just I'm ready to talk Broncos yeah I know yesterday yesterday uh I wasn't I didn't really watch it but yesterday we had the whole dunk contest three-point contest with the NBA oh yeah man that, all the it was crazy events. Mac Max McClung. McClung. oh my oh, god damn. nah it was Mac McClung and Trey Murphy they was they went crazy I'm not gonna lie like I wasn't expecting it to be like that I thought Mac McClung would win obviously but like I didn't think it would be like that I mean, that was crazy the seven that was not oh fair. my god Oh my god, yeah. that was crazy. The dude looks Show like he's out. straight out of a video game, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dude, yeah crazy. Yeah, it's really cool to see that. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump into all these uh Broncos free agents um that we can look at for the offensive line. Super excited. Let's let's go ahead and talk about uh the first guy I have on my list. Um, Eagles left guard and right guard Isaac Sumalo, um, a guy who's played a long time for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you know, only been been there his entire career. Twenty nine years old. Um, he has a five point three million dollar average annual value, meaning that's kind of where his contract sits and what he's expected to get in free agency. So, five point three million per. I mean, isn't terrible for a guy of his uh, caliber. Um, he's a guy that has been, you know, a very very solid guard for them for a while. I mean, a while. I mean, he can play both at left and right guard. Um, if the Broncos do get there injured at you know right guard, you can insert him there, or maybe the Broncos want to look at moving Quinn Miners to left guard. He has experience there as well. So I mean, Quinn Miners is very versatile. You can't rule that off the table. But as of now, we kind of want to um, you know um, keep Miners there just to develop him there at the position. That's really like we've talked to Links on this podcast. That's really the only position on the offensive line that's really solidified. Um, Quinn Miners a beast. Um, so yeah, Isaac Samal. I wanted to talk about it for a minute. One of my uh, favorite you know free agents in this class um so i was you know i was doing a little bit of homework on him he's played left guard most of his career but he is pretty comfortable at right guard um he's just the one issue with main issue with uh you know isaac samalo is he struggled to stay on the field in 2020 2021 um he only played in 12 games combined out of the 34 um in the last two seasons so a bit of an issue there i know the broncos offensive line just suffered injury after injury the last few years um you know on the offensive line as well which is you know suck to say the least um so we want to get you know guys that can be available on the offensive line um but Isaac Samalo obviously he's only had 21 penalties in six years as the Eagle starter which is which is pretty good um he only allowed one sack in 2022 um I think he's really solid uh what, what do you think about Isaac Samalo potentially being uh, our left guard option here 
Yeah, uh, he was one of the guys that was on my list, um, but I didn't really rank him that high. It's not it has nothing to do with skill level. I just think there's going to be fair. a team. It's going to be a team like the Bears or the Texans that's going to highball him, and it's going to be hard Probably, for teams yeah. to match it. Um, I mean, especially with the Eagles not really having that much cap, I doubt he stays take a pay cut. So I think a team like the Bears is going to offer him probably north around 8 to 10, possibly even more than that. Like per year, because you know the you know they people rave about the Eagles' offensive line. He's still relatively young, twenty nine. He's gonna get a bag, so I don't know if Denver's gonna be able to snatch him, you know, unless Denver's willing to play pay a price worth you know ten million a season. And I'm not gonna lie, that that always doesn't bode well for offensive linemen because they end up being cut candidates in like two years, especially if the team isn't That's succeeding. True. So. I don't know if Denver wants to go that route, but skill wise, no, he's a beast, man. I mean, he he's a guy that came out of nowhere, especially in the run blocking, pass blocking. He's pretty solid. He is a beast. I just don't think Denver's gonna get that lucky enough to get him. I think some, I think he's one of the better free agents, and I think teams know it. And I think a team like the Bears, who desperately need offensive line, is gonna go out and be that. That's where most of their cap is gonna go to fixing that offensive line. Yeah, out of the list, uh, you know, the guys that I have compiled on my list for, you know, O-line free agents, I think he's one of the more unrealistic free agents. Uh, but like you said, he's a beast. I mean, I, I do definitely, you made a really good point. I think the Bears are going to go ahead and chase him. Um, they're yeah. sitting right there at like 97 million cap space. Absolutely insane. So they're going to do everything they can to surround Justin Fields with the right protection and weapons. Um, yeah, so uh, that's uh, Isaac Samalo, potential left guard option here in Denver. Um, I wouldn't really, you know, get too excited about that one. The next guy I want to talk about, who I'm personally not high on, a lot of people are high on him. Uh, 49ers right tackle Mike McGlinchey. He's 28 years old, uh, 4.5 million uh, average annual value. Um, my kind of assessment on him is he's a little lazy in pass protection. I was watching uh, quite a bit of film on him last night. He just doesn't really feel like he like really commits to one side of the quarterback and their you know weak side. Um, I don't know. It just feels like he. Um, I don't think he's necessarily overly patient because you can't really knock an offensive lineman for that. But I just feel like he's a little bit lazy in his pass protection at times. And you see guys blow right past him. Um, and I think he's not the strongest guy in terms of, you know, speed rushers that line up against him. Um, I'm not really a big Mike McGlinchey guy. Um, he played uh, right tackle there in um, San Francisco. He can play left tackle, but he's more stronger at right tackle. Um, in 2022, he allowed six sacks and had 10 penalties, eighth most in the NFL. Um, so discipline, not really there. Um, the, literally the 49ers O-line coach, I watched an interview yesterday. He, uh, he came out like an interview interview and said that Mike McGlinchey lacks mental toughness. So if that's, if you know, your own coach is saying that about you, um, you know, obviously he wants, he's going to be honest, but that that's a little bit concerning in itself. And I definitely could see it on tape. I mean, the guy looks like he's not always there. He's not, his head isn't always in the game. And once he, he loses a rep, it's like he loses the next one. He loses the next one. And it takes a while for him to get back in a rhythm. So Mike McGlinchey, honestly, personally, I, w- I would pass. Yeah, I would agree. I-, I did some homework on him too. And he was a guy that I thought I would like, but going just did a exactly. deeper and deeper dive. It wasn't it. You know, he's probably part of the Shanahan effect. I mean, he's from, I- I- in my opinion, I think he's a really good run blocker. But like you said, he he you could tell some of the plays he has, he's just not into it. And um, pro football focus didn't really grade him that high. He allowed a, a decent number of sacks, and he was the most penalized offensive lineman over there in San Francisco. So, I mean, He's a guy, he's going to probably ask for around five, maybe five to eight million per year. And just, you know, with our history, I don't want to take a guy who's penalized. You know what I'm saying? I don't really care who's offensive line coach. You know, maybe Zach Street can kind of put some fire under him. But if you don't have fire, you know, when you're over there in San Francisco with guys like Debo and McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk and, you know, that whole coaching staff over there in San Francisco, if they can't let a fire under you, then I don't know who can. So 
that case, I'm I'm fine on Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I was gonna say because if if that's one of the best coaching teams in the NFL, I mean, best coach offenses in the NFL, and Mike McGlinchey's the most penalized and doesn't look like he's always there. It, it may be a little bit, uh, you know, uh, issue coming here to Denver. You know, granted, we do have a really good up and coming O line coaching Zach Streif, and but at the same time, he's young and he's going to be finding his own. And obviously, Sean Payton, a great coach as well. He specializes in offensive lineman, offensive line as well. So. Um, he could potentially still be solid here, but I'm looking for some long-term right tackle options because I'm tired of getting these bridge guys um, that George Payton's bringing in with Bobby Massey and Billy Turner, um, and you know these guys Cam Fleming. Um, so I'm looking for some guys in free agency that can you know sign like three-year deals here or even two-year deals and then get extended if they play up to their contract. Yeah, I would say the tackle position was kind of tough because I think yeah. Denver Denver's going to be aggressive, but I think tackle maybe like outside of right, I think left tackle is going to be kind of one of those things where I think they go like the veteran route. One guy that kind of because it's not that many really spectacular free agents at left tackle. There is. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if I had to say I went through the cut candidates and one guy that kind of said I mean, was Taylor Lewan. Um, now, I will say, you no, know, he has been hurt like the last two seasons. I know he's been yeah. hurt, but I feel like that's a guy Denver might try to go after. He's mm -hmm. ranked eighth among left tackles. Um, his 87.6 pass blocking grade, 40, he allowed 4.2 pressure percentage. That was ranked sixth among the league. I mean, I can see Denver actually like going after him. I would say since he's been hurt, maybe around like you could see four to seven million a year. I would say like we get him around two year, around two year, maybe. 10 mil somewhere around that area. I don't think that's bad for somebody like him. He's got to get in the right, you know, another system, fresh start and get healthy. Um, right tackle. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I was looking at the guy out of Ohio State. He's ranked fifth among all tackles, Dewan Jones. Now, I don't know if he's going to be oh, available. Oh, he's a beast. He's a beast. Now, I don't know if he's going to be available just because he's coming out of Ohio State. You want to talk about a unit? 6'8", yeah. 375, um, NFL buzz. They ranked his pass blocking 91% out of 100, 96% run blocking. He was a four-star recruit, three-star grade. I mean, and he really only played two seasons, though. Junior year, he gave up seven quarterback hurries, one quarterback hit, three, three sacks. It was pretty decent. But his senior year, only four quarterback hurries, zero quarterback hits, and zero sacks and 693 snaps. He was third-team All-American, second-team All-Big Ten, and uh, – Crazy thing about him, he played basketball too in college. So I mean, bro, he's just he's a unit. Like I have to say, if Denver could possibly trade Gary Bowles, get some picks, maybe trade up to try to get him in that second round, because I don't think he's gonna go lower in the second round. But that's a guy I would love in Denver. Just somebody to just change that position for years. Yeah, I, I've been watching him a little bit. He, he definitely looks like a beast, and I agree. I think he's going to be—he's uh, not going to slide past the second round, you know, given any unforeseen circumstances in the draft process. But um, yeah, so going back to you know the free agency side of things, um, obviously we talked about Mike McGlinchey. The next guy we're about to talk about, everybody, drop everything. Kayla McGarry. I, I don't care if you've never watched a single snap of this guy. You need to pray every single day that this man somehow leaves Atlanta and comes to Denver because he is a monster. Caleb McGarry has gone he's gone so under the radar. I absolutely Fal – Falcons right tackle, 27 years old, 2.5 million average annual value. He is a beast in pass pro and run blocking. Absolutely an absolute unit. I love everything that I saw from on tape. I mean, there's hardly any discrepancies that I could find from Caleb McGarry. This is a guy that could step in right away 
you know, in this offense and just be a beast under Sean Payton. Um, I love I love Caleb McGarry so much that I would say he's probably my favorite free agent in this class. I mean, I know we're talking about left tackle a little bit. I would say like the only really good, you know, offensive tackle in free agency um, on the left side is uh, Orlando Brown. He's obviously going to yeah. resign with the Kansas City Chiefs. So he's off the table. Um, we're going to, I'll talk about, you know, what I want to do at left tackle, you know, later in the episode, make sure you guys stick around for that. But right tackle, Caleb McGarry, I don't, I don't care. George Payton needs to overpay for this guy. Cause Caleb McGarry is a monster. Yeah. I must've missed that. Cause I didn't see, is, is he a free agent or is he a cut candidate? He's a free agent. Yeah. I didn't see that. I was looking, the West I was looking at didn't say he's a free agent. Yeah. So I would love Caleb McGarry. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he is a beast. Like you said, pass blocking and run blocking. He's like one of the guys that stood out, stood out on their offensive line and one of their better players on the team. Plus I'm not going to say he, probably would be cap friendly like you probably wouldn't overpay for him just because he is very underrated and a lot of people don't know about him so i doubt a lot of teams are gonna go out there and try to pursue him i would love it i mean i'm not gonna lie i have to agree with you i would love that yeah i i mean i don't know what else i could really say about Caleb mcgarry there you look you look on tape and you see all the right things in his techniques the way he goes about his game each and every single rep it's like he doesn't you don't really see any drop-offs i mean this dude plays like he's been a veteran in the league for 10 plus years and has multiple pro bowls under his belt i mean maybe i'm like overreacting here but i think Caleb mcgarry is a very very solid right tackle option he might be the best right tackle option in free agency and i know these uh, nfl scouts and these guys doing their work on free agency for every single team in the nfl um they definitely have you know Caleb mcgarry circle on on their other uh, notes so um you know i know i definitely do i mean the dude's a beast he's only 27 i mean you literally can't ask for a better right tackle um you know option here as you know long term for your franchise so i think the broncos should do anything they can to you know give this guy the bag and make him the guy here long term in denver um i i like i love everything about Caleb mcgarry from top to bottom yeah um i would say hmm. Going to going back to guard that you started earlier, one guy that I that that I really like me personally like as a player is Try Turner. Now I know he's a little bit up there in age, but uh, he he's not he's not really he's twenty nine. Um, but his main thing is pass blocking. He only allowed two sacks. I think consecutively in the last two years, he does stay healthy. He's played two full back to back seasons, and he's he only signed a one year three million dollar deal in Washington. So I'm looking at him as a guy like you know maybe they just want to just a replacement at guard, you know, for just short term, he can come over for probably around three years, nine million to two years, six million. I mean, if he's taking three year deals, I would love him to come over here. He was, I think he was almost an all pro in Carolina about two years ago. He was a beast in Carolina. Then he went to Pittsburgh and just went off. And I was surprised because he's only signing one year deals. Denver needs to get him and lock him up for real though. Yeah, he he made five Pro Bowls there over there in uh, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, he was a beast there with Cam Newton. But yeah, I think honestly, I'm not a big Trey Turner guy. If I'm being honest, I'd even put him on my list just because I didn't really lo- love what I saw in the film uh, last year in Washington. Maybe he rebounds. Maybe you know he plays better. Um, but I I just think he's more of like a like you said a, a like a, a one year option at most. Um, yeah. I don't really see him as a long term fit here in Denver. Um, I think the Broncos need to look at you know some long term left guard options. Uh, rather than just kind of, you know, go in the cycle, um, you, you know, year in and year out. Um, I know they had uh, Dalton Reiser here for multiple years, so that, you know, that 
really excludes that conversation debate. But I think they should definitely find another uh, long-term option at left guard. That's personally what I want. Uh, when I was going through these uh, lists of free agents, I was kind of looking at guys in the 26 to 29 year range. Uh, I, you know, I looked at uh, George Fan a little bit. I'll talk about him in a little bit. He's 30 years old. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of looking at those kind of youngish guys that are going to potentially be playing in the NFL for you know five more years as a starter and being really capable of doing that. Um, you know, in the you know you don't really see very often in the NFL offensive linemen like go past the age of like 33 and really be like you know capable starters. You hardly see it anymore. I mean, Jason Kelsey, obviously, you know, up there in age, so really, really good. Um, probably, arguably, the best center in the league right there with Creed Humphrey. But yeah, I, I'm definitely looking at these guys around that 26 to 29 year old range. And speaking of, we have a former Denver Bronco who I think should really deserve some, um, you know, some. Uh, you know, interest, you know, interest in this, uh, this free agent search is uh Jets center, uh, Connor McGovern former a uh, Denver Broncos center who was absolutely a beast. And a lot of Broncos fans are upset that he, um, signed with, uh, you know, New York jets, I believe it was on a three year, $27 million deal. Um, so a nine, a 9 million, uh, average annual value. Um, he's 29 years old. Um, he's only missed three games, his entire football career. And uh, speaking of, I, I forgot to mention this, but Caleb McGarry only has missed three games in his four years of, of playing. But just, uh, you know, Connor McGovern, 29 years old, has only missed three games his entire career. That de- that deserves some consideration here because Lloyd Cushenberry missed like three times at him out in just last season. So um, we definitely need some uh, we need better availability on this offense where, you know, a lot of the guys in the offense are getting injured and uh, especially off- offensive line. We need some continuity. I mean, last year, I mean, how, how many different offense, starting offensive lineman combinations do we have? Like, 14 something crazy so uh, we definitely need some continuity there center position has been very lackluster with Lloyd Cushenberry I haven't liked what I saw um, in his first few years um, he was someone who I was you know I was pounding the table to for the Broncos to draft and he just kept falling and falling and we got him but he just hasn't been that guy I mean he his, his rookie year is the best year so far in Denver so that's that's saying something um but yeah, I, I would definitely look for the replacement here at center for the Broncos to replace Lloyd Cushenberry. And I think Connor McGovern can be that replacement, potentially reuniting with the Broncos. Um, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, he was really, really good here. Um, he only had four penalties in 2022, but one thing was he did allow five sacks. So um, this is why I see Connor McGovern, um, you know, being let go by the Jets rather than, um, you know, not being re-signed, you know, due to the fact that pass pro was a little lackluster last year. But I think he's still a very good player and his run blocking is unbelievable. He was credited a lot for his uh, run blocking with Philip Lindsay here in Denver. Yeah, he was. He, he I mean, he's pretty good. Um, I will say that I don't know what his money price is going to be asking, especially because, you know, he's probably the second best center free agency. I think Rodney Hudson is still probably the best and he's going to be asking for tons of money. Um, but one center that I really did my research on and looked over was Ethan Pochick from Cleveland. Oh, I love him. I yeah. Love him. I mean, talk about, I mean, he's, he's a beast. I mean, he only allowed two sacks, only one penalty this year and going into the season, they ranked him. He was ranked the second highest center in like the middle of the, yeah, the, the middle of the season, he was ranked the second highest center in pro football focus, gave him an 80 overall grade. I mean, he's a guy that I think we can low key snag for like long term and, you know, maybe around 4 million a season and just get our center. And cause I mean, he's, he's kind of, bargain. He, yeah, he's really a good, a mixture of both pass blocking and run blocking. I mean, he was really good in Seattle and in, in Cleveland. He was really good. So that's a guy that I, I I would he's really high on my list for free agents. 
Yeah, that's probably like my number two guy, you know, in free agency. I love Ethan Poaches so much. Um, only a 1.1 million average annual value to only 27 years old. He would not to mention he was Russell Wilson center all the way from yep. 2017 to 2021. There is chemistry there. And I I think Russell Wilson would definitely be in uh, George Payton's ear for this one. Um, I would love to see that, you know, them reuniting here in Denver. I think this is the perfect fit. He had a very, like you said, very, very good season in 2022. Definitely deserves some all pro consideration he played like a top 10 center even top nearly top five uh 79 pff grade only one penalty in 2022 that, that's insane that's what the broncos need they had too many offensive lineman penalties uh this past year and then like yeah. you said only two sacks allowed the season and only 14 penalties in six years as a starter come on like, man like that's I mean, crazy he only had one piece. penalty this year like it's just, it's crazy then not to miss i mean he's a unit i think he's sick isn't he six six three twenty Jesus, like yeah, that's I, crazy. Like for a center, that that's insane. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, I, I could see us definitely going out to him. Like you said, him and Russ got chemistry. It just seems like a fit, and you know, it's we can get him out of steel too. That's the crazy thing is I don't think nobody may. I don't see anybody really going after him like that. I feel like Denver can low key get him out the way in like day one, day two free agency, bring him in and lock him in. I would love it. Yeah, and I think the the Browns may let him walk because they they have negative fourteen point thirty nine million in cap space this yeah. year. So they're gonna have to make some moves if they want to at least try to get him back on a, a short term deal. Um, you know, a short deal as well. But I think the Broncos, if they give him a bag, he, he's gonna he's not gonna turn that down. He's playing yeah. with Sean Payton here. I, I would love this. Yeah, and not to mention the Browns have another center, Nick Harris, who, who they really like and they really yeah. want to, you know play him and i'm just like man y'all tripping like I i'll take ethan pokers yeah he's probably my number one center that's been on my board mm -hmm. yeah so uh, i want to go ahead and talk about um let's see who i got so after connor mcgovern we got a guy who is very very versatile you can make the argument that he's probably one of the most versatile veteran offensive linemen in the entire nfl it's guard slash tackle uh, Matt Pryor for the Indianapolis Colts, who also played with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's 28 years old, 5.5 million average annual value. He literally can play every single position except for center. And he he honestly plays all of them really, really solid. This last year, he did not play too good. And that's why I think the Colts are going to let him go, let him test free agency. Um, he mainly played left tackle in 2022. Um, five, but he did have five penalties and six sacks allowed, so not the best there. Uh, but he's someone who I would not mind the Broncos getting as kind of a swing tackle if they don't bring Calvin Anderson back, which I want him back. But um, I would not mind bringing Matt Pryor in at all. I think he's going to be on a much shorter deal than what he was with Indianapolis. They kind of overpaid a little bit for him. Um, but yeah. You know, looking at his film, um, obviously being a versatile guy like he can, he, he was forced to switch a lot. I mean, you look at the Colts O-line last year, they had so many different starting combinations, probably more than us, um, you know, if not the same. Um, his, his, he has slow feet at times. He plays a little too high, overcommits to, you know, shoulder area rather than, you know, lower body. Um, and he, all, he also can be a little over physical. So those are some things I would like him to fix, you know, before he's starting here in Denver. And that's kind of why, you know, what leads me to want him as, you know, a, um, as kind of like a swing tackle um, spot for the Broncos. I just think the Broncos could really, really benefit from a guy like Matt Pryor that is very versatile, can play in multiple different positions. He's just an overall dynamic offensive lineman that the Broncos could pursue in a free agency. Yeah, he was a guy that I kind of I went over a little bit. I mean, he just seemed like a guy, I feel like we get him. He'll be like a, you know, a guy that we sign over here for debt purposes, you know, mm -hmm. be a really one of the, you know, good quality backups. But as a starter wise, I just think it's too much talent out here to go after him. 
Um, yeah. because you know he did he had a down year with the Colts last season, but mm-hmm. I mean he, he's still good. I feel like he could be a fallback option for us if like everything else fails. But yeah, that that's just really how I feel about him. Yeah, and then not to mention, I mean, he stays on the field. He's only missed six yeah, games in his entire career, and he's 28 years old. So that says a lot in itself. And the fact that he's playing so many damn positions on, you know, offensive line is one of the most beat-up positions in the NFL. And the fact he's only missed six games is really, really, um, you know, admirable for a guy like Matt Pryor. Um, so I'm, I definitely wouldn't be mad if the Broncos pursued him, but only for death purposes, like you mentioned. Um, so the next interior guy I want to talk about um, is Commander Center uh, Wes Schweitzer. So, so hard to say his last name, but he's uh he's a little bit kind of on the older side. I mean, he's still relatively young. He's 29 years old. Um, I think he has an incredible agility. The way the student moves is in, insane. Um, he's very versatile, just like Matt Pryor. He's played every position in college at San Jose State. I mean, literally every position. So he's even more uh, you know, versatile than Matt Pryor. But in the NFL, he's mainly played center and left guard uh, with Washington. But he did start at right guard a few times last year. Um, and then not to mention, he played right guard, uh, you know, next to Kayla McGarry in Atlanta. Um, so maybe we can get a little bit of a, you know, reunite you here in uh, Denver. He played left guard in Atlanta as well. So maybe we can get him as a left guard. But um, what, what would you think about potentially, uh, you know, pursuing Wes Schweitzer? Um, I haven't done that. I, ha- I haven't really done any work on him. Um, I don't really know too much about him from just, you know, based on what you said, but, um, I mean, I, I, he, I guess he could be a good option. I mean, it, it's a lot of interior linemen out there. I think Broncos are going to sign a lot or, you know, draft, you know, cause I think they're going to want to have a lot of depth there too. So I think he may be a guy that can, you know, come over and have depth, but it sounds like the commanders might just bring him back. Commanders usually like really like to stick with the offensive linemen. So I think he might, you know, get brought back yeah this is a guy i wouldn't really mind but injuries are a little bit of concern in 2021 2022 he struggled to stay in the field i mean yeah he only appeared in 18 games and started in 11 of them in just in two years out of 34 so yeah he was dealing with some concussions ankle injuries and hamstring injuries so uh, i i I would kind of stay away from him but i wouldn't you know hate it um, and then in terms of his uh, footwork, you know, in terms if I could really knock him for anything, his footwork could definitely use some improvement um, if he is going to come here to Denver. Yeah, um, I would say another interior, uh, like a center that I really want to go over, like just say the Broncos don't go out and get Ethan Polchick and just something fails. Found a guy who's really just like Ethan Polchick in the draft, Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. He's the fifth ranked center. Bro, this dude's a unit. He's 6'6", 317. They um they ranked his pass blocking 84 out of 100, 86 run blocking out of 100. I mean, in his sophomore year, he gave up two quarterback hurries, two quarterback hits, zero sacks, and that was in 12 games. His junior year, um, this past season, he gave he played 758 snaps, only gave up same pretty much the same stats, two quarterback hits, two quarterback hurries, but he gave up one sack. I mean, he's a unit. I was watching film on this dude. I mean, he just he was he should have been like given an award. I mean, he was he got a lot of mentions for the you know the conference he was in and stuff like that. He should have gotten an award. He's a fifth ranked center. I would love him. I'm not gonna lie. We could probably snag him, say like fourth, maybe fifth round, and we get lucky because teams don't really draft centers that that high. You know, usually, I mean, you know, the Ravens took Linderbaum, but I mean they don't usually draft centers that high. But I would just love this guy. I mean, he's basically Ethan Polchick 2.0 almost. I mean doesn't really give up sacks, not a lot of penalties, stays healthy, and he's the same um, height and weight of him, too. It's just it's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, um, you know, kind of on the free agency side of things, um, I want to go to left guard, you know, potentially at the Bronx letting go, uh, Don Reisner, uh, Dan Feeney, 28 years old. Um, 
this is a guy, you know, people are kind of talking about his potential option here. I wouldn't want it, but just so you know, I did my work on him. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys know. Um, he, uh, in his, he's only missed two, one, you know, insane thing about him is he's only missed two games in six years as a pro. So definitely, uh, something, you know, incredible there for him, uh, there as a left guard, he's pretty, you know, prominently played left guard in the NFL. Um, but in 2020, uh, he does have experience as a center. He started, you know, 16 games on 2020 for the chargers at center. Um, uh, but he really, really, really struggled. I mean, he was kind of a laughing stock of that chargers team. He, he allowed the most <laughs> hurries of any center in the NFL. He allowed the most pressures of wow. any center in the NFL. Um, he had a PF grade PFF grade of 43.8. So, he was by far the worst center in the NFL in recent years. Um, but he is at, he's not the worst option at left guard. Um, but he, he kind of struggles to hold his base and pass protection. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's not really a guy that can remain square. He's kind of, um, a little hesitant to commit to one side of the, you know, the court in the, in the pocket for the quarterback. So, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want this. Uh, obviously played for the jets, um, there the last few years. I'm going to play has experience with the chargers, but um 28 years old. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really uh, want Dan Feeney. I would um, honestly go and try. You know, bring him back, Austin Schlotman, if that's possible. A guy who was with the Broncos, we let go and had an incredible year with the Vikings. Um, but yeah, you know, a veteran like Dan Feeney, I, w- I would kind of stay away from him. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, um, watching film on him, he didn't wasn't really a guy that stood out. I mean, like you said, he was a laughing stock. I remember like. Because I have a lot of friends who are Giant fans, and they hated Dan Feeney. Like, it was just one of yeah. those things that they you couldn't bring him up. They hated him. I mean, it, I don't really know if that's a guy I would go after. I think, it like, it's, it's just too much talent out here to go after someone like him. And it's, it's too many, you know, it's too many what-ifs with him. You know, like, I don't know if I really like him. Um, another guard option I would say is a guy – is Will, I, I really like Will Hernandez. I mean, he's um, – I know Jordan brought him up in the last episode. Yeah, Will Hernandez, it's not really anything I lack on him. I mean, it's not really anything that I hate about him. Um, I think his pass blocking could be a little bit better. I mean, he allowed three sacks, but that's not bad at all. Seven penalties. Pro, pro football focus game, I think, was a 65 grade. I mean, but he's a he's a damn good run blocker. And one thing I will say for yeah, whatever running back we get in Javante, I mean, he's gonna be a beast. And that's a guy I think we could really get. I could say the first, you know, the first wave of guys that we want, someone doesn't fall through, he could be a great fallback option. Cause um, unless Arizona really breaks the bank to get him back, you know, I feel like Denver can actually swing him and get him here yeah will hernandez you know a lot of broncos fans like him i'm not too high on him uh he's 27 years old um he, he struggled a lot uh, you know at left guard in his first three years uh, with the new york giants uh, yeah, but when they moved him to right guard <laughs> yeah when they when he moved to right guard um with the giants i mean he did really well and was poised for a good contract uh with the with the cardinals this past year um he's missed seven games in five years um i mean he had a pretty pretty solid season at right guard with uh arizona it's pretty obvious when you look at tape that he's much more comfortable at right guard as opposed to left guard so um the reason i i wouldn't want will hernandez is because i feel like um you know i would rather keep quinn Miners at right guard it's kind of just like a scheme fit right now with will hernandez um i don't really think we need um a guy at right guard like you know 
like Hernandez. Um, and if we do move him back to left guard, I'm just really scared of how that's going to go down. I think he, you know, for the sake of his career, I would like for him to just stay at left guard, whether it's resigning with Arizona. I know his family's from, you know, Mexico City. So yeah. I, I, I assume that he would like to resign with Arizona. But wherever he goes, I think it's best for his career if he you know, kind of stays on the left side of the offensive line. So, I, you know, personally, me, Will Hernandez, I would stay away from him. Um, you know, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I like him, but um, like I said, he'd probably kind of be like a fallback option. I say like wave two. You don't get the, you know, Denver doesn't get the guy that they initially want. I see him as a backup option. But I mean, you're right though. I mean, we don't know how he's gonna do moving him back to um, what is it? You said right guard, so or left guard. Moving back to left guard. Yeah, moving back to left guard. I don't know how that's gonna work, but I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about uh, my next free agent option, a guy who uh, we met, you know, me and Jordan uh, Lopez mentioned on our last episode, uh, Titans guard, Nate Davis. I like him a lot. Um, he's a very, very cheap option. That's kind of gone under the radar. If you guys play Madden ultimate team, um, this dude is always <laughs> constantly getting like high overall cards. So I know you guys play Madden, you know who Nate Davis is. Um, he also has sick card art too, but, um, yeah, he's uh 26 years old. One of the youngest free agent options, you know, you know, in, for offensive lineman this year in 2023, um, you know, I had a 925,000 average annual value, um, but he did miss five games last season. Um, so injury is kind of concerned there. He hasn't missed too many games over the course of his career. Um, he's just an incredible, incredible run blocker. And I know Derrick Henry is, you know, in my opinion, he's the best running back in the NFL. Um, but he does, he does get a lot of credit from that coaching staff for the run game that has been established there with Derrick Henry. I mean, he's an incredible mauler in the run game, creates gaps like it's nothing. Um, uh, he's considered the second best, you know, offensive lineman in Tennessee behind only Ben Jones, who Ben Jones is, you know, incredible up and coming, you know, offensive lineman who a lot of people are taking notice to. Um, so when you're behind a guy like Ben Jones considered one of the best on your team, um, you know, that's, that's high admiration. So, um, the only thing I would kind of, you know, consider here and let you guys know is the fact that he played right guard in Tennessee, and that's where he excelled the most. He does have, you know, experience at left guard, but he mainly played right guard the most of his career. Um, and I mean, there's hardly any snaps, reps, or at at left guard. But the only, you know, concern is how is he going to transition from right guard to left guard if he does come to Denver? I think he, I think he'll transition well. But we did see a little bit of a struggling moments uh, developing, uh, you know, at the right guard position in Tennessee. So um, I wouldn't love it, love it, like you know, bringing in. Um, you know, there's a, a few options I want to talk about, uh, you know, at guard. Um, I would rather have Isaac Samalo. I know it, do, it doesn't seem too realistic, but Nate Davis is a really good option because of the age, because of the contract, and just because he's an incredible run blocker. I think him and Javante would go uh, together super well. Yeah, that was the guy he took off my list. Um, yeah, and I'm really high on Nate Davis, too. I mean, the one thing that stuck out to me was the penalties. I mean, he only has five holding penalties in three years. I mean, he's just been kind of a beast. I mean, he stays healthy. I mean, like you said, he's one of the highest graded um, run bloggers in the league. You know, the second best lineman alongside uh, Ben Jones. I mean, he doesn't get penalized and he stays healthy and he's only 26. So, I mean, that's a guy that Denver could probably lock up. I mean, unless Tennessee goes out there and, you know, throws the bank at him, you know, I think that's a guy Denver could definitely go after in probably wave one, wave two of free agency and just get that deal out the way. But I wouldn't mind A. Davis at all, especially, you know, Javante and Derrick Henry. I'm not going to say they, they have, you know, they just, they run really hard and, you know, yeah, that's similar run, similar yeah, run style. Yeah, similar. So you, I, it's kind of like a match made. I mean, I, I would love Nick yeah. Davis. 
Yeah, I would not mind it at all. You know, Nate Davis, credible player. Um, I just kind of think someone's probably going to try to overpay him rather than Denver. Uh, we'll see, though. I mean, Nate Davis would kind of be a home run signing uh, for George Payton and company. Um, next, I got Jets left tackle slash right tackle George Fant, who, um, you know, some some Broncos fans are talking about potentially bringing here to Denver. Um, he's one of the older options uh, on my list. He's 30 years old, um, 9.1 million average annual value. Uh, he was Russell Wilson's offensive tackle from 2016 to 2019. He mainly played left, left tackle there. Um, he's most comfortable at left tackle. He played like a, whenever he plays left tackle, he plays plays like a uh, top left you know a top 10 left tackle um but for some reason you know a lot of teams try to move him to right tackle um Seattle tried to move him to right tackle uh New York Jets have really tried to move him to right tackle but it just really hasn't worked out and this is kind of a guy if the Broncos going to move on from Garrett Bowles he's definitely one of the the veteran short term options that they could bring in here um I know I, you know, me personally, I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but I would prefer to draft a left tackle. Um, but, me you know, too. in terms of George Fant, um, you know, in terms of George Fant, uh, we, we could bring him in, but he just he struggles too much with his balance, his balance and pass protection. You see him fall down too much or, you know, see you guys, you know, running right past him and he kind of overcommits to one side and loses his balance uh, at times, you know, watching him on tape. So that's a bit concerning in itself. Um, he lacks patience. He's too aggressive on cut blocks. Um, you see him too, too many, too many times. As soon as the ball snapped, he, he, it's like he goes after the pass rusher faster than the pass rusher comes after him. And, you know, if you guys, watch film you, you understand how cut blocks work um he just doesn't he's not really technically sound with how he does that um but at the same time i'm not going to bash him too much there i mean it's kind of you know a product of the product of the play call and whatnot but but you know overall and basic you know pass protection plays um he just feels like he's over you know over committing to one side um and you know not really being uh patient enough um for the pass rusher to come with him and show off his you know his uh finesse moves so um George Fant, I would stay away from. I don't. I'm not really a big fan of him. But uh, for the fans out there, I would like to hear your opinion on George Fant. Why you potentially may want to bring him here. But what, what do you think about George Fant, Jordan? I don't like George Fant. Um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I looked over him. You know, there's a connection between him and Russ from the Seattle days and things like that. But I always consider him part of the problem, the offensive line in Seattle. Yeah, I don't really see Denver. I mean, I could see Denver going after him if, like I said, there's no really options left and you just desperately you know you desperately have a feeling you can't get one in the draft and you just need to sign one i can see us probably bringing him in for debt purposes and locker room you know him and russ get along and stuff like that maybe but in terms of on the field i wouldn't like it at all like you said he's kind of up there in age um he just to me he's just not that he's not that good of a tackle and he's not really what the broncos need you know i, I feel like if we're gonna replace gary Bowles with uh George, George Fant, and I just feel like we need to keep Garrett Bowles at that point. I just don't really see that is true. Yeah, I don't really see the point of us trying to go after him. I mean, it's not like he's just a big name tackle, and especially just you know, I, I just hate when you know Denver gives contracts to players who aren't good, man. It's just it's ridiculous. So it seems like, uh, you know, at the tackle position, they've been kind of trying to find more bridge options. And if George Payne wants to do that again, George. George Fant's probably the guy he'll go after. Um, he, you know, George Fant's contract is going to be nothing compared to Bulls. Um, yeah. So if they don't want to restructure him, they, you know, and they want to go after a vet option, this probably is a realistic option. I don't see the Jets bringing him back at all. Um, he missed nine games in 2022 with a knee injury, and in the only eight games that he played in, he allowed five sacks. So uh, no yeah. bueno there. Um, so he, he's not he's not uh, honestly one of the you know better options here for agency. But he has someone that he is someone that you know uh, teams have discussed. Um, someone who I would not like to bring to Denver, but um, 
yeah, going on, uh, I want to go ahead and talk about my last free agent target for the Broncos offensive line. Uh, moving to the moving back to the interior, uh, potential replacement for left guard Dalton Reisner is left guard, Ravens left guard Ben Powers. Who, oh my gosh, I love this dude. Twenty six years old, a bulldozer in pass pro bulldozer in the run game incredible creating holes um the only really the really only thing that i'm knocking for is his slow feet because he's a really big guy i mean this dude you if you saw him in person you probably think he's gonna crush you i mean this dude's a big big dude um in 2022 zero sacks allowed one penalty and at 1094 snaps this dude's a unit he played. He also played 16 games of right, ga- uh, right guard in 2020. So uh, there's versatility there at the guard position. But Ben Powers, I am absolutely paying bank. him, Caleb McGarry, um, you know, other guys. That we're going to talk about who we want to, who we want the most. You know, our verdict in a moment. But yeah, Ben Powers, I love so much. I I would love here him, him here in Denver, like a three, four, maybe even a five year deal. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think that you know Baltimore's offensive line has been you know, somewhat decent. I think he's part of the reason why, um, especially, but it's all, it really depends on what Sean Payton likes to do with Russ, because I feel like you bring Ben Powers or you got to have a system somewhat similar, you know what I'm saying? Like true. in terms of, yeah, a, a system somewhat similar for him. To driving. Yeah. So just, you know, cause he, everything's quick in Baltimore, either going to do RPO or run or they, you know, they go down the field like twice a game, you know, especially with no receivers. But I mean, I would like Ben Powers. Um, is like you said, it's not really no knock on him. I'm not, I'm me personally, I'm not banging for us to just sign him, but I wouldn't mind us getting him at all. I feel like, you know, he could be like maybe option two for a guard, and I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Yeah, I love, I love Ben Powers so much. I, I, I could talk about this dude forever. Um, but yeah, is there any other free agent options uh, for left tackle, left guard, center, um, or right tackle the Broncos potentially look at? Um, oh, I think I actually miss a. You want to go ahead and talk about your next option, but I think I missed um, a, a player. Oh yeah, there um, there is two players that I missed. You can go ahead and talk about yours. Though. Yeah, it was only really a, only one guy on my board. Um, I made a post about a while ago for my like ideal Broncos offseason, and it, it's center Rodney Hudson. I, I'm a big Rodney Hudson fan. I'm not gonna lie. I know he didn't have. I know he he didn't really have the best season in Arizona, but I just want fans to hear me out on this. This guy, Pro Bowler, All Pro center. I feel like he can come over here and just. Especially with Sean Payton, he just—he's I mean, so good off his line, and I, I would love Rodney Hudson to come to Denver. I don't know. I don't know how much money he's going to ask for because you know they're saying he's going to be asking for around eight million and possibly even higher. I don't know if yeah. there's any truth. You know, I don't know how true that is, but if we can somehow get Rodney Hudson on, and I—I I know, I know you don't want bridge guys, but you know, for Denver right now, we don't have that much draft capital this season, so maybe we could probably sign him on a short year deal and then go after center next year. Or it really depends on what they want to do. But, man, I would sign Rodney Hudson, like, quick. I'm not going to lie. I would love to get him on some type of two, maybe two, two, maybe three-year deal, pay him around $6 million a year if he's willing to take that. I just feel I would love it. I mean, talk about the run block and Josh Jacobs and James Conner. I mean, Jesus. Oh, my God. I would yeah. love it, man. I mean, I I hear you out. Um, obviously, I, I've always, you know, I'm not really big on the the bridge guys, the older guys. But at the end of the day, it sounds cliche, but age is just a number. And if you're, you know, typically, I, you know, like I said, once you get past 32, 33 as an offensive lineman, you kind of see decline in their play drastically. But it seems like Rod, you know, Rodney Hudson is one of those guys that really hasn't fallen off too much. And I, 
would I be mad? Hell no. What I mean, that's Rodney Hudson's. I mean, like yes. you said, a lot of accolades, but I would prefer a younger option. But would I be mad about Rodney Hudson? I, I wouldn't at all. Uh, I didn't do too much work on him, but as a longtime NFL fan, I definitely, you know, have watched Rodney Hudson, especially going up against our divisional rivals in the, you know, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, I man, I, I would just I would love Rodney Hudson to come to Denver. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, my other two options, I completely skimmed over these guys. Um, you know, as another guy at the center position, uh, Giants center Nick Gates. Uh, I've actually talked to a few Giants uh, fans. Even this morning, I talked to them about Nick Gates. Um, they really, they really want him back. They don't think he's going to come back. He obviously has had he's had injury concerns, but he's only 27 years old. He uh, he struggled with injuries in 2021 and 2022. He only appeared in 12 out of 34 games. I mean, that's less than half of the games he was supposed to play in. Um, he did suffer a really, really uh, gruesome injury, uh, gruesome leg injury last year. But he did come back to finish off the season really well, started playing some of the best football of his career. Um, he started eight games. Um, he did finish uh, fifth in comeback player of the year voting. I mean, you never hear about any offensive lineman, you know, finishing any place of any voting. So uh, that was really cool to see. Um uh, he, he's, you know, the injuries are the main thing with him. It's just like the beginning of his career, he kind of struggled a little bit, but he's been really playing really good football when he's on the field. Um, the last two years he's been placed in the IR three times. So that's kind of unheard of. Um, you know, the, it's really staying on the field for him. I mean, he only allowed one sack last season. That That's pretty damn good. And talking to Giants fans that, you know, I'm pretty close to, um, if you guys are watching this, you know who you are, but, um, yeah, talking to some Giants fans uh, that have you know watched you know all 17 games there and even the playoffs, um, Nick Gates is very very good, um, you know for the Giants potentially up uh, you know um, uh, signing here for the Broncos as they look to move on from uh, Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah, I'm not that big of a guy on Nick Gates. Um, I really didn't want anybody from the New York uh, offensive line because to me it really wasn't that. You know, it, it was okay, but run you know run blocking wise it wasn't that good. And like you said, he's a guy that really can't stay healthy. Um, so for that, I have to say I'm out on him. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind, I would mind it because I feel like Denver's just kind of taking it. He's kind of like a high risk, high reward type thing. And I don't think Denver needs to go that sure. route anymore. I think Denver just needs to, you know, get somebody who just solidify who they know is going to stay on the field and things like that. And it, it man, it'll just be our luck. We sign him and he goes right back to being on IR week three. I mean, that's just been our luck the past few seasons. So I just want a guy who's who's known for being durable yeah that was kind of like graham glasgow i mean he played decent i mean he, he played pretty good in detroit and yeah, there's really like good. some yeah there's high upside there but i mean it's the injuries that ended at the end of the day and ever since he's gotten injured it's like he just his plays declined so much so yeah. um definitely don't want to see that with a uh, nick gates here me personally um i think nick gates is probably like number three on my board of centers that i would like in free agency um i don't really want him but um, I know Gi Giants fans are raving about him, especially the way he's played as of late. So um, it, it'd be interesting to see if the Broncos want to go after him. I think um, the Giants you know, keep him. That's just me. Yeah. I think the Giants keep him. Interesting. A lot of a lot of the fans don't think he's come back. Um, maybe maybe he does come back. Uh, who knows? But yeah, that's uh, Giants center Nick Gates. And the last guy I want to talk about promises. This is the last guy. Um, I have Raiders right tackle Jermaine Illuminor, twenty eight years old. He's a very high upside right tackle. Um, obviously a divisional rival. Um, I I enjoyed watching some uh, tape on him. He's a he's an interesting player to watch to say the least. Um, the Raiders just kept trying to force him to left tackle. 
way too much uh, over his time there in Las Vegas. I don't understand why they were trying to do that so much. I know injuries were into effect here. Um, Jermaine Illuminar is someone, uh, he had a 75.3 PFF grade in 2022. Um, he he allowed three sacks the entire season. Um, he made it really easy for the Raiders to move on from Alex we- uh, Leatherwood. Um, you know, without Jermaine Illuminar, uh, who knows what you know? What really happens there? Obviously, Alex Leatherwood all-time bust for the Raiders. Um, common, you know, draft mistake Terrible. there in uh, Las Terrible. Vegas. But um, <laughs> Jermaine Illuminor, I do not hate this at all, and he's more of a swing tackle option. Obviously, we're not going to bring him in here to be a long-term starter, but he is someone. If the Broncos maybe want to, you know, move on uh, from Calvin Anderson, who is their sw- uh, swing uh, left and right tackle. Jermaine Illuminor is definitely a solid piece here. He's around the same age as Calvin Anderson. Um, and a 75.3 PFF grade, it doesn't sound great, but it is honestly pretty good because PFF is pretty harsh on their grades, and their grades can be a little skewed sometimes. I mean, um, you know, you see guys like all the way up in the high 90s, and then it kind of just drops down to the the low 70s and high 70s. But um, Jermaine Illuminor, I would not hate him. He did have 10 penalties this last year. Um, and he, he didn't start in every single game, but at the same time, um, I, I would not hate this option here. I don't really think he's gotten the, the fair chance to be a starter in Las Vegas. And I think he has a lot of, a lot of upside at the right tackle position where he's comfortable uh, playing the most. And he's only been questionable five games his entire six years. Yeah. I'm looking at it now this season. He, uh, he started 17 games and played 17 games, 11. Okay, so he started every game. Yeah. Um, it was, um, he had nine false starts, two holdings, and those are his penalties. I mean, um, he's a guy that I, I could say we made for, like, you know, debt purposes. I don't really see us bringing him in to be a for starter, sure. but if he was a starter, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't love it either. It would just be kind of in the middle. But I would love, like you said, to replace a Calvin Anderson. I kind of see hand in hand in those. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind him, though. But he, he seems like he's pretty good, depth, you know, depth-wise. I mean, he seems pretty decent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's like a he's like a younger, not a younger version, but he's kind of like Matt Pryor, who we were talking about. Like you said, you yeah. wouldn't mind bringing in for a, uh, you know, a backup role, someone who, if you do have someone get your starter get injured, you wouldn't be, uh, you know, you wouldn't scare, you'd be scared or you know, fear at all, you know throwing in Jermaine Illuminar as your starting right tackle just for a week or two. Um, so I, I actually like Jermaine Illuminar. I'm, you know, yeah. I feel like I'm kind of in the minority about that. Yeah, and it's crazy because he's moved from guard to right tackle, back to guard, and then back to uh, right tackle. He's been moved around a lot. Yeah, him and Matt Pryor, definitely one of the more yeah. versatile uh, swing tackle options at free agency. I feel like not enough people are talking about those two right there. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up all of our free agent options and lists uh, that we got. We have on our list for the Broncos potentially rebuild their offensive line. Um, so to go ahead and cap off the episode, we're going to go ahead and talk about left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Who, what do we want to do for every single position? What is our most favorite, you know, dream scenario for every single position? Oh, wow. um, left. Ta- I'm, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off here. So okay. left tackle, I want to go ahead and try to restructure bulls. If he doesn't, and we got, mm. we already got some rumors. It hasn't been confirmed, but we already got some rumors that the Broncos are shopping him. That doesn't mean they're going to trade him. Um, so I say try to restructure bowls. If not, draft an offensive tackle with your very first pick. I don't think there's an, a scenario where you really need to – maybe they let Ronald Darby go and they want to go draft the corner first with their first pick, but I think you should probably draft a left tackle with your first pick if you don't bring back bowls. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm still not. I mean, I know I said I'm pro trade bowls, but I would not be opposed to bring him back for you know another season, and then it's even easier to move on from him the following season because of the dead cap numbers. But um, left guard, I say move on from Reisner. I've been pretty vocal about that. I don't want Reisner <laughs> back. Um, I, I would definitely like to allocate that money to Draymond Jones. Um, left guard. Please sign Ben Powers. I'm begging you. Sign him to a three, four, five million dollar deal. I don't or a five year uh, deal. I, I don't care. Bring Ben Powers in this building. I love Ben Powers so much. His tape is everything I want to see and more. Um, center who me and you both like a lot. Ethan Bochich. Uh, reunite him with Russell Wilson. Get this deal done. I love this so much. This would be another step in the right direction towards revamping the offensive line and making it easier for Russell Wilson. Uh, calling audibles, making offensive lineman adjustments at the line of scrimmage. I think this is exactly what he what he needs to do to make you know pass protection adjustments and you know last second scenarios in game. Um, I would love this a lot for Russell Wilson in terms of his chemistry and you know feeling more comfortable in that pocket. I think Ethan Poach is just someone that a lot of fans need to take notice of. Um, Right guard, I've been pretty vocal about this as well. Um, keep and develop Quinn Miners, make him into the All Pro that he he needs to be. Um, he need you know he uh, he was pretty pissed about. Um, uh, I know there's um I, I don't know if we talked about it on the pod. I, I'm sure we'll have Quinn Miners back on the pod, but um, there's uh, Chiefs players um, before the Super Bowl. You know the week of practice for the yeah, Super Bowl, they had right. offensive offensive lineman pictures on the trash cans. The trash cans, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, someone actually sent that to me, and it, it got stolen from me on Twitter. But it, you know. It is what it is, but um, there, yeah, there's uh, different, you know, trash cans with the Broncos offensive lineman pictures on them, and I know Quinn Miners wants his revenge. I could see him, you know, having a Pro Bowl type of year this upcoming season. Keep him at right guard, and then right tackle, please, for the love of God, sign Caleb McGarry, give him all the damn money in the world. Greg Penner, throw some money in while you're at it. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that one. Um, if we're going just, you know, I'll start. Left tackle, obviously, I want to keep Garrett Bowles. I think that's the smartest thing approaching by the restructure, even though I think it's unlikely that he will do it. But, you know, when, you never know. He could be really loyal and say, look, man, if I got to take one for the team, I want to be a part of this. Um, but say he doesn't. Um, my dream choice for left tackle, I'm not going to lie, is Paris Johnson. Now, that is very unrealistic, but that's very, just – Very, unrealistic. I, I, but I have to say, realistically, then I'll probably go Taylor Lewan. Um, just you know, mm-hmm. probably be somewhat similar to Bowles. Um, left guard. Now, left guard was kind of tough, but I went ahead and chose Trey Turner. I just think he's a guy that he's only 29. We can still lock him up long term. And I think pass blocking wise, we're gonna need a lot of that. So I mean, if, if if he can get to somewhat of what he was in Carolina, I mean, he hasn't even really fallen off. He didn't have a great year last year. But, I mean, he had a great year in Pittsburgh, and he had those great years in Carolina. We can get him just somewhat back to that. I think Broncos get a steal. Center, I agree with you there. Ethan Pochick, I mean, that's just a guy that I think is kind of common sense that why we want him. Uh, right guard, I'm still with Quentin Miners. I think we need to develop him. Just a beast. Right tackle, and I, it gets kind of weird with right tackle. Right tackle, um, me, I think, me personally, I think we need to go strictly in the draft with this one. Um, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I'm going I'm going with Daywan Jones. I just think, man, we got to get one of those tackles out of, out, of, out of, like, Ohio State. If you watch those games, C.J. Stroud had all day to throw, and it's because of Paris Johnson and Daywan Jones. I'm going with him, man. I mean, I, if we get if we somehow find a way to get Daywan Jones, whether it's trading up or just teams are out of their minds and he just falls somewhere to Denver in those the early third round. I would love it. I mean he just just a B six eight three seventy five. I Means a he's insane. Like yeah so I'll say that's my you know dream office line. 
I like it. I like it. Yeah. So our final verdict on the offensive line and what we're going to do as we approach uh, free agency for the Broncos in 2023, as it is coming, you know, it's coming pretty soon. I mean, we're already uh, today we're recording this February 19th. Um, literally, Mark is when free agency starts. So I am so excited for free agency. Free agency draft are like the best, you know, time, best two months, uh, March, April for the, uh, you know, any team in, you know, uh, the offseason. So super excited for that. Um, obviously the Broncos are wrapping up their coaching staff that is expected to be done by around mid uh, next week on um, the Broncos. Obviously, uh, as we recap this episode, the Broncos did get second interviews, um, to, uh, Vance Joseph and Rex Ryan. So those seem to be the, the finalists. And then obviously we got some news, uh, yesterday morning or yesterday evening that, uh, Jonathan Gannon, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is hiring his, uh, former linebackers coach from, uh, Philly and Nick Rallis, uh, the 29 year old to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, I think they're making, I think honestly, Arizona is kind of screwing up with those hires. If I'm being honest, they're bringing in a lot of inexperience for a team that needs experience right now. I don't really like those hires. If I'm being honest for Arizona, um, they, they should have, they should have brought in, they should have brought in Brian, Brian Flores, if I'm being honest, but I feel like yeah. they kind of messed up here. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't like, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous, you know, like. I don't see why teams are just on this track of hiring. I mean, I'm not saying – I mean, sometimes you can strike gold. I think D'Amico's going to do really well in D'Amico's going to do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if given a chance because the Texans don't really like giving guys chances. But, I mean, like, Jonathan Gannon had one good year, like one great year as a D.C. And He's you not going to be a good head coach. I mean, one interview? Like, the, that was my whole thing with it. He got that one interview. Crazy. One he got, interview like, hired, like, hired a day or two immediately. after. Yes, I'm like, bro. Okay, so he's the guy. And then you talking about, well, Kyler's going to be have input. There's no way Kyler signed off on that. I'm sorry. There, there's no way Kyler went with Jonathan Gannon to be the head coach. That has nothing to do with him. Then, of course, he brings over Nick Rallis. And who, who did they hire as the offensive coordinator? Wasn't it the Browns quarterback coach? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think he's like, he's like Tim Pretzling or something like that. Yeah, I I have no words. I mean, I thought they Very were going to be on the rise. I mean, you could see their new general manager was hitting the smack in the table. We want to compete. Well, we'll see. And then on the other side of the things, the Carolina Panthers, god damn, they are building hey, an all-star team, an all-star staff over there. Man, bro, my brother is a Panthers fan. <laughs> he sends me a lot. It, it gets so annoying because he's like, because like, you know, he wanted Sean Payton and everything like that. And he's just sending me all these hires. I'm like, bro, y'all just hired D'Angelo Hall. Y'all didn't got the Rams office assistant, Everett. Yeah, Thomas Bryant. I'm like, Averro, I'm like, man, right. I'm like, I'm bro, like, bro, they're not playing because, I mean, bro, because they, they went the inexperienced route. You know, they went Matt Rule and they went Joe Brady. And, you know, the only guy they had was Steve Wilkes. And they saw how far experience took them. So now they're just yeah. saying, man, we getting everybody experience. It's yeah, – I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's crazy. I'm The Panthers, they might low-key win that division. If, they, if they're able to get a good quarterback and develop him right, that division is wide open. Especially because Kamara yeah. got a whole bunch of stuff going on with the Saints, and there's a lot going on over there. Yeah, I saw that. He's getting indicted over there. Um, Saints are definitely – Saints are just, I don't know. Like the Saints and Cardinals, one takeaway. Those two teams are just screwed for like the next, I don't know, how many years. Um, yeah, so. salary cap-wise and just yeah. management-wise. But, hey, let me tell you what was funny, man. Yesterday I went to the um, Roughnecks game because, you know, I'm on, I go to UH, so it's like right down the street. Oh, yeah, you did. Paxton Lynch. Oh my God! Oh, he watched Paxton Lynch in person get banned. Paxton Lynch crazy. is terrible. He's terrible. He was like, uh, like fifteen to twenty-one, one hundred thirty-six yards and a pick. I think. Paxton Lynch is horrible. Like when I tell you, I, I, I watching. Oh, we like, know it's Broncos fans. It's, it's, I'm like, it's no way John Elway like. And like my friend Tevin was like, he was because he was at the game. He was like, I ain't gonna lie. whoever whoever drafted Paxton Lynch for y'all, 
they need to be like, I ain't gonna tell what he said, but he's like, they some bad need to happen to him. I'm like, bro, Paxton Lynch is he's terrible. Like, I don't even know how he I, I don't know how he was a first round pick. I, I really don't. I don't even know he's a starter in the XFL. I'm, he's terrible, he's getting benched. Yeah, like unbelievable. Man. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our little rant there at the end. And obviously all the offensive linemen stuff over the course of the episode. Uh, I've been waiting for this episode a while, and we're going to keep on going. Uh, make sure you guys, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, hit the like button, subscribe. Um, very, very much appreciated. Uh, greatly appreciate all the love and support on the YouTube channel, wherever you guys are listening as well. If you're listening on Spotify Podcast, make sure to leave a five-star rating. Take five seconds right now. Five, four, three, two, one. Hit the five-star rating. Turn notifications on. It takes literally a snap of a finger to do that so you never miss an episode of the broncos having a podcast we're going to keep doing these for every single position group so we're going to go ahead and talk about free agent options the broncos could look at for i don't know linebacker wide receiver if they want to trade for guys and everything i mean we're going to go ahead over every position group um that we can look to upgrade it for the team because that's what we're going to do we're going to give you guys the best coverage this offseason for the broncos um you know here on the broncos avenue podcast um hope you guys enjoyed today's episode we got plenty more broncos coming uh, on the podcast i'm going to keep it a secret as of now but all, all I gotta tell you guys is we got some we got some studs coming on the podcast. We got some studs. Um, really, me and Jordan very excited to get the, get them on here for you. Um, really soon. But I hope you guys enjoyed uh, today's episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. Um, I'm your host Samir with my coach Jordan. Until the next one, peace, peace.